Welcome to the VO School podcast, dedicated to the art, craft, and business of voiceover. Each week builds upon the last to give you a comprehensive understanding of a career in VO. My name's Jamie Muffet. I'm a full-time voice talent and audio engineer, and I'll be joined by some of the industry's top professionals on both sides of the microphone to drill down and dig up the truth. Hello, episode three. I'd like to thank everyone that's listened to the first two episodes. This week, we have got two gents who know their onions. <laughs> but before we get to them, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping, as I usually do. I've been told that it is important to receive reviews and ratings on the various podcast platforms. So if you have a couple of minutes and you like the podcast, please review and rate them on iTunes, Stitcher, all those kind of places, because uh, that will help get the word out and that will ma- ensure that we continue making these episodes. On social media, you can connect with us. We have a Twitter account, VO School Pro. Search that and you'll see a picture of my friend Jamie behind a microphone, another Jamie. And I set up a Facebook group as well. Search VO School Podcast on Facebook and I think you'll find it. It's also linked directly on our SoundCloud page. So it's soundcloud.com slash VO School. And all the links are on the right-hand side for all our social media. So you can click through from there. That's quite a good central hub for you to find everything. So this week's episode is, I want to say it's slightly different to not only episodes in this series, but other VO-centric podcast episodes. And the reason I say that is because it's not especially encouraging. It's a real straight-talking episode, this one, and I really wanted to make it early on because there are a lot of pitfalls and potential banana skins when you start out in this industry, and it's only getting worse based on the fact that there are a lot of predators out there looking to exploit new entrants. And it's something I see every day. It's something that is very prevalent. So... While it may not be super encouraging and enthusiastic and positive and bubbly, it's an important message. So if you get through this episode and still are super pumped to be part of the industry, and good on you, because that's quite a good acid test of of your metal there. With that said, I think we'll take a short break and I will give you the intros, and then we'll go straight into the interview and you can listen for yourself. Okay. I'll speak to you at the end. Style. Power. You're watching the home of the NFL. The all-new iPhone. Reserve your Disney World season pass now. Through all the runny noses, three in the morning coughs. An all-new American crime story, tonight on FX. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins, and these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Born in the Netherlands, Paul Strickverder began producing and presenting youth programs for Dutch public radio and television at age 17. This was the start of a 25-year media career that took him to the BBC and Radio Netherlands International. After moving to the US, he began recording voiceovers with a distinctly European sound. His weekly blog has close to 39,000 subscribers and is considered to be one of the most influential in the voiceover industry. 
With over 25 years of industry experience, internationally recognized voiceover expert Eric Shepard is the owner and head voice agent of Voice Talent Productions, a premier talent agency representing an elite roster of union and non-union voice talent from around the globe. From his first voiceover gig at age 17, he's worked in the industry as a talent and a coach, and now oversees an agency booking thousands of high-profile projects a year. He's also a founding member and president of the VO Agent Alliance, an organization fighting for fairness and ethics in the voiceover industry. His career, classes, appearances, and related projects have been profiled on the Learning Channel and countless industry blogs, podcasts, publications, social media outlets, and his YouTube channel, The Outspoken. Here's our interview with Paul Strickverder and Eric Shepard. We have Paul Strickverder. Did I say that right, Paul? Pretty much, yes. Okay. I've been used to different pronunciations, but okay. you're getting very close. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and Eric Shepard. Eric Shepard is a voice agent, and Paul is a talent. And they are known as two of the most straight-talking public figures in this industry, so I'm really thrilled they're both on the same episode, so we're going to have some fireworks, hopefully. Um, this episode is all about how to avoid being exploited as a new entrant into this industry and I want to dive into the different ways talent are exploited and how you can avoid that. So in a very broad sense let's kick off by discussing the different ways talent are exploited. So who wants to take a stab at that to start off with? Um, well you know often uh, I think they start off being exploited. They're brought into the industry uh, mm. by coaches. You know, coaches, if they don't have a, a steady stream of, of starry-eyed newbies coming in, um, you know, they're out of business. Right. So there's a lot of effort uh, online and advertising to tell people, hey, you know, you've got a great voice and anybody can do it and uh, make money from the, the comfort of your own home. So really, you know, before they've, they've even began or, or even done their first audition, they're being exploited. Yeah, yeah, that is a major problem. Paul? Absolutely. So, yes, it's, um, it's not only that, it's also the demo mills. And I think it's also the um, online casting sites because mm. uh, they say, oh, my goodness, there's a whole new group of naive people who all think that they can make it big and it is so easy to get started. All you need is a microphone, free recording software and a credit card. So they make it very easy to uh, to get your start. They will take your money. You know, they, they don't care whether you have experience, whether you have talent, as long as you can pay, that is your way to get into the business. It's easy to be self-delusional. You know, you spend a few bucks and you get some of this cool-looking gear. And then, like Paul says, you sign up with a pay-to-play. And so now you've got a website and you've <laughs> got a studio. And I'm doing air quotes like you could yeah, see. I, yeah, I can um, imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's just easy to tell yourself, well, I'm a professional voiceover talent. Uh, you know, when you started two days ago and you know nothing about the business. And uh, unfortunately, the, you know, the reality sinks in pretty quickly. So who are their, their target? Who are their prey exactly? Are, the, are these people who are, I mean, I suppose it runs the gamut really, but people who are passionate about voiceover or people who are just wanting this as a second income or, you know, I suppose anyone is a potential prey for these, these types. 
well, this is a dream job, you know. Um, mm. Again, you know, work from home, work in your pajamas. It's just talking, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And then, of course, the promises of, of millions of dollars. So, uh, you know, really anybody is a target. Anyone who's, you know, ever heard, oh, you've got a nice voice or people that have been on the radio once or twice or, you know, folks just looking for a little extra income or they don't like their job or they want to get into something else or they always have the acting bug or, what. you know, I could go on for an hour. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a large pool of folks that are interested in this because, they, you know, they all stay in business and there's more of these coaches. And again, not to be down on all coaches, if you've already drank the Kool-Aid, if you're already a professional talent, uh, you need coaching at some point. And yeah. there's plenty of coaches out there that are that are great folks and that I'm friends with and that are kind of integral to a professional actor's life. Mm. What we're talking about here is, you know, these folks that are that are, again, pulling people in, you know, almost grabbing people off the street and promising them uh, stardom when they know for dang sure that that's it's not going to happen, that that's not true. They know it because most of them are failed voiceover talent. And, uh, you know, so now they're doing some sort of coaching thing on the side with, uh, you know, whoever. So um, it's it's just a it's just fake. You know, it's false. I get a lot of questions from people who are already talking for a living, like teachers who Mm. are kind of burned out. Ministers, I've had a few ministers ask about, well, you know, (laughs) this parish of mine is is closing its doors and uh, people say, I have this wonderful voice (laughs) so I could make money. Um, Even therapists, it's it's really amazing. And I feel so sorry for those people because, you know, one of the pitfalls is that they underestimate what it takes to become a full-time, for-profit voiceover. And I think we are in part to blame because a true professional makes what we do sound easy, spontaneous, and and, and seamless. I think the best actors, whether they're in front of a camera or a microphone, distinguish themselves by their ability to fool everybody into thinking that they're not acting. (laughs) So as soon as somebody says, oh, well, this is so unnatural, inauthentic, and insincere, the magic is gone, the spell is broken. So if you're able to sound like yourself, you make it sound so easy, and that's the biggest, biggest trick. People say, oh, because it sounds easy, it must be easy. Yeah. It's true. We're so amazingly good <laughs> that it just seems like anyone could do <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's yeah, not just true. us as voice actors, because um, look at photographers, too. You know, everybody's got a, a phone in their camera and thinks they can become a professional photographer selling stock footage, right? All these websites where you can just upload your picture and everybody's a photographer. And that's the same with with voiceover. Just because you own a camera doesn't mean that you are now a professional photographer. I suppose that delusion has always existed. And in some ways, that's a fuel to get you through the self-doubt and the criticism and the rejection at the start of the career. The difference is these days is that's the delusion is being stoked <laughs> and that's that's the difference in 2017 that there is a plethora of people promising quick riches and i wonder if we can explore some of the the things to look out for some of the the red flags you know i i think the biggest red flag uh is if you're going to sign up and this is a fairly common business model uh, where you sign up and you get coaching for, you know, a couple weeks or something or a few months or X amount of classes, uh, and then you leave with your demo. 
Right. And now you have your demo and you're ready to shop it and you're ready to go out there and they give you a little coupon for 10% off a, a website <laughs> or whatever uh, and tell you to sign up with a pay-to-play and, uh, you know, you have your calling card now. Anybody that's taken a handful of classes is not ready to make a demo. Uh, yeah. And anybody that's making that demo for them knows that it's not a shoppable demo. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's amazing. They're a natural uh, and out of nowhere, they're able to make something that's great and shoppable. Uh, but, you know, there's how many millions of demos being made every day. And uh, again, if you've just taken a couple classes and they're saying, and at the end you leave with a, a demo, uh, that's a massive red flag. Right. right. And yeah. anything that says quick and easy <laughs> and has dollar signs in it, right? these three <laughs> elements in the slogan, major red flag. Yeah. Or uh, th there's a few... Uh, there was one that was so egregious years ago, uh, would just talk about the millions and millions of dollars that they've personally made. Uh, oh. And you should sign up for their coaching stuff for one ninety nine or whatever. How many, if you've made this many millions of dollars, you're going to be on the beach. You're not going to be coaching newbies right. and desperately, you know. Uh, oh, and speaking, and the, the, the copy uh, is, well, uh, I'm paraphrasing. I mean, this was a, a little bit back, uh, but it says something along the lines of, there are just waves of money coming in. You need to stand at the shore with a bucket. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Which is, I mean, that's evocative, but it's <laughs> not. It is. Look at the copy again. If it's this, we promise you the world type of copy and they're marketing towards newbies, then that's most probably going to be a problem. If yeah. it's, uh, and you know, and do your research. You're not just going to sign up with uh, whoever. But if you're doing your research and you know who the pros go to, uh, again, you know, people that have been in this business for decades are still going to a Maurice Tobias thing or they're working mm -hmm. with Nancy Wilson or, you know, whatever people, yeah. uh, reputable coaches that are, uh, you know, established, they don't have any, uh, you know, websites promising the moon and the stars for, for people that are coming in off the street. Um, so with just a little bit of research, um, you know, it's fairly easy to kind of figure out who's for real and, and who isn't. Just ask their rates. That helps too. You know, if there's, I would say if, oh, if you can do like five training sessions and you leave with a demo and it's under a thousand dollars, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the problem is people seem to be so impressionable. They want to believe that they can do this. People um, who prey on you can almost feel and touch and taste your desperation because they've right. seen all those shows on TV, you know, like, like The Voice, where people become an overnight success. And they yeah. say, okay, if somebody can do that, <laughs> I can do that. And it doesn't have to cost anything. And let's be honest, technology has made it a lot easier to get your start. You know, you don't have to spend a fortune to build an entire recording studio anymore. Yeah. You can do business with the entire world just from you know, the comfort of your, your, your closet. Yeah. So the, the, it's easier now to enter this business than at any time in the, in the history. The, the difference is obviously that with the ease comes the competition, <laughs> you know, because it's so easy, everyone is joining. So the hard thing then becomes differentiating yourself and rising above the crowd. Where do you go to find out where you will fit in this industry? Well, that's a, it's an age old question, you know, know thyself. Mm. And I think it's very hard for us to, to know 
ourselves really and find out what's marketable if you don't know what the market wants and what is mm. already being offered on that market. Mm. So I think it's nearly impossible if it's just you or a couple of friends and family members just cheering you on because you have a wonderful voice to find out what your specialty is. I I had a hard time, and, and I'm from from Europe. I, I came to the United States at the end of 1999, and I did not know what made me special? I didn't mm. think I was special. I wasn't brought up to think that I was I was special. The people said to me, um, "You know what? You have this just weird, silly British accent. You really should take an accent reduction training so you can sound more American." <laughs> and other people say, "No, no, you shouldn't do that, that because familiar. the way you sound, nobody else sounds like." Uh, but I didn't know because I'd been listening to myself for all my life. Mm. But ultimately. The way I, I, I sound became my specialty, my niche. Um, so I advertise myself now as somebody with sort of a European accent, something that's not totally posh British yeah. and something that's not very American. And I didn't know that had people pointed that out to me and said, you know, you don't sound like anybody else that we have on our roster. We could sell you as a neutral English or European English talent. <laughs> they told me, and that's the first time it dawned upon me, hey, yes, that is my niche. That is what makes me special. And what was the time frame for that? How long did that take you to, to figure that out? Oh, it took me a number of years. Mm. I, I didn't even know where to start my research. You know, and, and, and even nowadays with the internet, you type in uh, a keyword and who knows where it will lead. I didn't know who, whom I could trust, basically. And there's a lot of people in this industry who will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And some people just, you know, be, be, because they don't have any, the capacity to, to, to think in critical ways or just refuse to believe that, make it very hard for them for themselves. I think these days as well, it's, um, it's a matter of willful ignorance. Mm. Well, playing devil's advocate here, if that is such a difficult thing to find out on your own, is that why joining some of these online marketplaces is that why they're so popular? Because you can actually enter the market with not a lot to lose, really. Um, and you can chart what you book, where your niches are. It's not great for established talent because it obviously affects the rates for the for the more established talent and, and de destabilizes the whole industry. But is it then understandable why new entrants would go that route? Well, look, the, the pay-to-play model... Uh, is a huge problem for the industry in general. Mm. Uh, but this is not going to be of a concern to somebody who's, you know, who's just coming in. Yeah. Uh, the problem is their, their choices or their options are limited. Uh, yeah. You know, they're not going to get an agent right away. That Most of them don't know how to cold call or, you know, contact potential clients. Uh, or as Paul says, they don't even know who the hell they are. They don't even know what they're offering. They don't know, uh, you know, marketing and branding and, you know, they don't even know how to use their damn microphone, for God's sakes. Right. So, you know, you don't even need a mic to sign up for one of these sites. Yeah. And you get that day an audition. Mm. Uh, you could be a mute. And <laughs> if you have, uh, you know, $300 or whatever it is, you're getting auditions uh, emailed to you. And that's... Pretty dang exciting, I would imagine, for someone who's, uh, you know, right off the boat. So, yeah. you know, again, what are their other options? Their other options are to do the dang work. Yeah. Um, 
But that's not real. You know, everybody wants to do it quick. Like Paul said, you know, everybody wants to be on a reality show uh, and they're instantly famous. So when it's a little difficult to get an audition uh, and again, you know, you could just pay some money and then all of a sudden they show up and wow, this is like a thousand dollars. I'm going to read for that along with however many, you know, millions of other starry eyed hopefuls. Yeah. Um, And then sadly, which I think a lot of them don't realize uh, very, very sadly, uh, there's some pros on these sites as well. Mm-hmm. And their thinking is, well, I'm really good. I've been doing this for a while and I don't care about the damage it's doing to the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm basically uh, going to kind of poach the jobs from here because I know what I'm doing. Uh, so you're not just competing uh, against, um, you know, other newbies when you're on these sites. There's the occasional pro that's that's sadly still there. Uh, And these people are going to trounce you because they know what they're doing. They know how to read copy. Um, You know, they're actors. So, again, that's, you know, another reason. And there's people that aren't going to listen to us. And good, you know, if you really, if you think you're different, and that's what what most people do. I think this is what keeps it going. They say, well, I'm different. I'm smarter. I'm more unique. I have a great voice. I sound just like X, Y, or Z. And uh, they're making millions. Uh, You know, go for it. But. Brace yourself. I was on one of the well-known social media sites recently, and there was a comment by an established voiceover professional based in LA. I won't mention his name. But he was talking about how in the past, and maybe you can answer this, Eric, um, agents would take a more nurturing, cultivating kind of a role for, for actors Um, They may not be the finished article when they come to them, but they will help them to learn this industry. Are those days completely over? Uh, You know, that depends on the agent. Mm. Uh, I try to be there for all of my talent. It's probably daily. Uh, I'm answering questions for talent or giving them some sort of pointers. But then again, I'm friends with a lot of my talent. So, you know, it's different. There's other agencies and they have, you know, 5,000 talent. Obviously, they're not going to be able to do a hands-on thing with everybody. Uh, Because there's just not enough time, uh, you know, in the day. Uh, But you're certainly, you know, if you're lucky enough to get an agent that's a reputable agent, they're going to really help you, you know, to point you in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, But again, it's, you know, it's this catch-22 thing. No agent, no reputable agent is going to take you unless you're an earner. This is a, you know, a business. I love the craft, but I got to make a dollar and a cent if I'm going to invest my time and money into bringing you on, uh, you know, I got to know that that I'm going to get some sort of ROI. So you have to be established before you get the agent and you can't get the big jobs to establish yourself without the agent. Right. And again, that's why people go, oh, just pay a few bucks and, you know, sign up for uh, for a pay to play or whatever. It's uh, it's it's difficult. It's that's the point. I mean, that's the whole point of, uh, you know, what we're saying here is that it's freaking difficult and it takes forever. Yeah. Right. And I don't think it's an agent's job to be your coach or to manage your career. Mm. There are other people for that. You know, the agent is a funnel, um, and they sometimes it could be your advocate as well. The agent is okay. Here's the client. The client has this type of job, and um, the agent will give the client four, five, six names of all people who can handle that. I mean, that's more the model that I encountered when I first came to the United States. Yeah. Nowadays, some of the agents that I work with, this they they. 
they do kettle calls. Too. They, they get a script and they send it to <laughs> maybe 100 people that are all on, on their roster. So it probably differs per agent as well. But I don't think it's a, the job of an agent to, uh, to handle somebody's career and coach people. Well, that's why there's managers. Exactly. Right. And now managers are giving them a lot of auditions as well. The, the line between uh, management and agent is kind of blurred now. And then there's folks that specialize kind of in like your branding as well. And so they're kind of in part of a management role. Uh, and they'll even contact agents sometimes to let us know about new folks they're working with. And uh, there's quite a few folks out there, but most of them are, you know, on the up and up. There's going to be a, a bad egg uh, everywhere. But again, if you, you know, if your agent is reputable, or your manager is reputable, uh, they're going to help you out. Yeah. But how do you get them? Right. Uh, you know, when you're first starting out again, this is, you know, people are on this journey. I could tell you for damn sure there's folks that have been doing this, uh, you know, as long as I've been alive and uh, we've said no to them. We say no to people, uh, you know, hundreds of times uh, a week, people looking for representation. So, um, you know, there is really a lot of kind of hubris in saying I'm just going to show up and, uh, <laughs> you know, take the world by storm. I mean, in some ways, everything that we're talking about here may seem uh, depressing <laughs> for someone who has these starry-eyed ambitions, but this is the reality at the end of the day. If you're starting today and you're an American voice in the American market, you have got a huge amount of competition and you've got so many uh, different areas that you have to learn, like you touched on there, Eric, the marketing side, uh, you know, even the studio recording side, if you're recording at home, which pretty much everyone does. The over, overarching theme here is that the people who will succeed will just be aware of that and will fight through all those hurdles to get where they need to get. So it's almost Darwinian in a way that the people that will become successful are the people that will be prepared to wade through all that. Well, it's acting. I mean, it's the same as anything else, you know. Uh, and a lot of voiceover actors uh, get really bent out of shape and they get really... Uh, kind of offended when people, uh, you know, make a difference between voiceover acting and, uh, you know, say, you know, Hollywood uh, movie acting. Yeah. But, you know, everybody knows how unbelievably difficult it is to become the next, uh, you know, huge Hollywood star. But, you know, the buses are still unloading every day in L.A. So there's always people that are going to, you know, chase the dream. Uh, and I don't think any uh, of the three of us are, are telling, you know, everybody out there, hey, don't do it. Let's not have another brand new voiceover talent ever. Yeah. Um, but like you say, you know, it's depressing. I'd rather people be depressed because they know the truth and then they'll get over it and look for something else uh, than be broke uh, because they've been giving, you know, all their money to people uh, that aren't putting them on the right path. That's that's better. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I think that that's another thing people just underestimate when they're saying, oh, okay, I'm going to be a voice actor, a voice talent, and all I do all day long is read scripts and make money. Mm -hmm. And they forget that you, the moment you hang up your shingle and say, I'm a professional voice actor, you are the CEO, you are the CFO, the head of marketing, advertising, sales, you run the bloody bookkeeping department, you're your own audio engineer and the featured talent, and on top of that, you're running a global business. Yeah. So, um, I sometimes think that um, you, you might have the, the most wonderful voice in the world, but if you don't know how to become a pro, how to run a freelance business like a business, you don't really stand the chance. And mm -hmm. the person that maybe has not such glorious pipes, but knows how to run that business like a freelance business will stand a greater chance. Absolutely. 
What about the people, though, that aren't looking to enter this industry as a business person? They're not looking at, at it as a business prospect per se. They're looking at it from a creative standpoint. They want to be an actor and voice acting is their passion. Do all these things still apply, even if they're not looking specifically from a financial perspective? No, you got to know how to sell yourself because you can have all the training. You can go to the Royal Shakespeare Company or wherever. And, and if you don't know how to sell yourself, if people don't know about you, then you do not exist. Yeah. And even that route, you know, I, I encourage people to, to look at it is as acting. But we the trouble is we live in an impatient world and very, very few people experience overnight success. And you, you cannot buy your way into a voiceover career. It needs to be earned. And slowly, even the people who are at the top of their game are not the people who just started out. Most of them have been at it for years. So that's, you, know, you have to go through all these misconceptions. And even if you're the best actor of the world, you are competing, like Eric just said, with regular actors, with A-list actors who do this for a living. And it, and it, and it takes time. It takes time to build this whole network of contacts. And most people don't have enough money in the bank to stick with it for three years and then finally reap the rewards. Because in general, that's what they say if you start your own freelance business. It takes about three years before things start taking off. A little bit yeah. less, a little bit more, depending on where you come from. But three years is, is, is an average. And most people, the bank doesn't care. They want you to pay your mortgage every month. And it's, oh, well, I want to do this voiceover thing so I don't have money for, for the mortgage. No, mm. <laughs> you got to cover all your bills and then some. Yeah. I think the, the bottom line, as I've said before, and I've said for years and years, voiceover is a terrible, terrible get-rich-quick scheme. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> yes. it's, and anyone that's trying to tell you differently uh, is lying. They're lying. And they know that they're lying, uh, but they're lying and they're, uh, you know, you're giving them a check. You can get poor quickly yeah. doing voiceovers. You know, just go on, go on eBay and see how many frustrated voice actors are selling their equipment. At a great loss. There's <laughs> there's a lot of used snowballs for sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the spit is free. Yeah, you have a snowball's <laughs> chance in hell of making it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I sometimes feel that there are the the two tiers of this industry are getting further apart in some respects. The upper tier, the union talent doing all the high profile gigs, and the entry level or people that stay at that level of working in the pay-to-plays and, you know, marketing locally and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with being in either of those different tiers. But in some respects, I feel like they're getting further apart. Breaking from the entry level to the upper tier is getting harder and harder, I feel. How do you foresee the future happening in terms of talent who may make a part-time income doing this thing, but to transition that into a full-time career and then take the next step? Do you think that's that's harder these days? Uh, I think it is more difficult. You know, you mentioned the, the being a big union talent, mm. uh, and those lines are blurred. You know, it used to be years ago, uh, you, you did your time and you were in the trenches, and then you, you got your card, and, uh, you know, that was it. You made it. And now you had, uh, you know, the, the best opportunities, and you were paid fairly, uh, and you had health insurance, et cetera. Mm. Uh, but nowadays, uh, you know, some of the, the best talent in the world are non-union or FICOR for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Uh, and every dang union talent in the world is doing non-union work. 
Uh, and unfortunately, all the so many, many, and this is a, a, an occurrence daily, uh, clients are going non-union because they're taking advantage of these cutthroat voiceover rates because there's so many people in here. Like you said, you know, some folks, they don't want to be professional or, uh, you know, they're, they're hobbyists. So they're playing in our playground and they're, and they're mucking stuff up. So you've got these, uh, you know, super low rates for, uh, you know, almost every project, the rates are, are going down and down and down. Um, scale doesn't change. So now the clients are moving away from the union. So it's more difficult really for anybody because even if you're at that lower level, like you said, the rates that are out there now are getting lower and lower by the month, it seems. Uh, right. And even if you said, well, I'm immune to that because I've got my SAG card. Well, now all the, the producers are going non-union to take advantage of those rates. So right. uh, really wherever you fall in that, you know, the, the echelon uh, or where, whatever rung of the ladder you're on, uh, things are getting tougher all over. I mean, are the Coca-Colas of this world, are they, are they worried about the amount of money they're paying to talent? Oh, my God. The, the Disneys and the Googles of the world are putting out, you know, full buys for uh, at less than a tenth of what it would have been uh, union. And they've got more money than God. Yeah. I mean, they're laughing all the way to the bank because for them, for the clients, you know, I don't hear them complaining because you get more for less. <laughs> yeah. But I... I Somebody wanted to know, um, you know, how do I become really a top-notch, very well-known voice actor? I think the the way to approach that is to not become a voice actor, but become a very famous on-camera actor, because you know, that's how we get to know them. And that's how these people get all these nice jobs on the side as voice actors. That's See, so that's real. the shortcut to make mm-hmm. it in voiceover, <laughs> just be a Hollywood star. Right. And then you really, you can get in a voiceover pretty quickly. It's as easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the takeaway. That's how you, that's how you do an end run around this system. Right. And these people just go to the studio. It's the ideal life. You don't have to market yourself because you already have somebody doing that for you. You have an agent. So that agent is taking care of all the negotiations. You just cash in on your, your celebrity status. Well, there, there was that famous video of the um, movie announcers in the, in the stretch limo. That, that career sounds pretty good. I can see why people uh, want to join it. Yes, that's the famous Don LaFontaine video, right? Yeah, love that. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the, the show notes. Those days are over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was over even by the end of Don's life. He was working from home, you know, but he had uh, for years, you know, he was in his limo going from gig to gig. And uh, yeah, that's not bad, man. But people aren't really doing that anymore. Right. So to finish up, I'd like to go slightly off topic here because... Actually, I didn't even realize this until we were emailing before the session here. Um, Eric is Paul's agent. So let's talk about that dynamic a little bit real quick while we have you here. Um, How did you first get to know each other? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming it was something like, I need a Dutch guy. Right. And everybody in the universe said, you don't know Paul, Uh, but I've known him for so many years. I don't remember where we... We first started well, talking. Maybe, maybe it was at Uncle Roy Yokelson's annual voiceover barbecue event. At least, at, and I, I remember that that's where we saw one another in the flesh for the very first time. Yeah, but I think we worked together before that because then he used yeah. to come to the mixers too, and we knew each other. And yes, um, yes, yeah. but I think you're you're right because you know there there are not too many native Dutch speakers in North America, so. If people ever want a Dutch native speaker uh, in this area, then yes, uh, they, my name tends to come up a lot. 
This talent are very, uh, which is one of the most wonderful things about this uh, this business. Talent are very supportive of each other, and they're supportive yeah. of their friends. Um, and so, I my agency uh, keeps a smaller roster. We're not interested in repping a million people. But so every once in a while, we need something, you know, wacky. Uh, one of our clients asks us for, you know, Swahili or something. And we're like, well, we don't have like four on hand. <laughs> yeah. So we'll go out to the socials, uh, you know, say, hey, listen, you know, anybody have a blah, 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 or have a friend that does this or that. or uh, And that's what Paul was talking about before. You know, if somebody says, hey, you know, I need a kind of a Euro thing, or especially they say, oh, I need like a Dutch kind of thing or whatever. There's a thousand talent out there that are going to say, Paul, 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 Paul. Yeah. And they're going to tell any uh, you know, casting person or agent or, or anybody, uh, you know, this is your guy, get in touch with them. So, um, which I know. absolutely love it's ideal. Cause, um, you know, most of the time I don't really have to, uh, audition for a lot of jobs. And, and I think at least at this point, 50 to 60% of my jobs are, I get through referrals. And I refer lots of other people too, because they know, okay, this Paul <laughs> is from Europe. So if, if I need a French voice, uh, he'll tell me who I can hire or German or whatever. So it, it works both ways. I recommend British. people, people recommend me. British. Yes. <laughs> Do you know anyone? I don't know. No. Yeah, nobody <laughs> sounds like you, man. You know, back when I started as an actor many zillions of years ago, uh, it was me and, and quite a lot of others, you know, cause it wasn't really. This wasn't a thing back in the day. You know, nobody knew what the hell voiceover was. And I wanted to be Don. I wanted to be Don LaFontaine. You know, I was practicing my inner world and trying (laughs) to get as, you know, as close to that sound as possible until finally I had spoken to somebody uh, and they said, you know, they could just hire Don. Yeah. There's already a person that does that. Why Mm. would you, you know, why would you want to do that? And it was like a real, you know, eye opener. Like, yeah, wow. You know, that's obviously, you know, there is somebody that that already specializes in that. And so now, well, with the exception of of Paul, who's insanely unique, and there's certainly, uh, you know, some other folks out there that are very unique as well. Uh, But, you know, there's thousands of people that specialize in nearly every type of delivery and every type of sound and age range. And, you know, we're full up. So to kind of steer it back, you know, to the original uh, topic you know, you're not going to open up a, a burger stand right next to another burger stand, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be tough. So, right. You're going to have something that really distinguishes you. And this, this, this cartoon, I'll never forget it. It's about two kids who sell lemonade. And there was one boy, he says, okay, lemonade, 50 cents per glass. And right next to him is another lemonade stand. And it's his sister says, lemonade, a dollar per glass clean water it says in the sign next to it so you need to sell that lemonade (laughs) that uses clean water that's great i like that i love it so that comes down to your marketing you're a marketing guy so uh well very good with your marketing yeah yeah i mean and uh, i have this blog that i write every week and eric has his wonderful uh pod uh vlog uh, that he puts out almost yes. every week, the outspoken. Please subscribe to it because it's <laughs> it's crazy, outrageous, and so much fun to yep. to watch Eric go off on a on a rant. It's it's and everything he says is true, by the way. So I enjoy that tremendously. But that helps. You gotta 
if you, I mean, it's our job as voiceovers to be outspoken. You need to be heard. And if people don't listen, then you got to make yourself heard. Otherwise, you'll be, make as much noise as the sound of one hand clapping. That's true. That's true. And the specialism thing is absolutely the case in my experience as well. Because uh, when I first came to America, I had so many people say, oh, you should try and put on an American accent. And I stuck to my guns and I was like, well, I'm in a country of 200 million people who can do that accent better than I can. What's the point in me doing that? So I've stuck to it and it's paid off in the, in the long run. So the final question I have, just because we have the both of you on this episode, is what is the secret to maintaining a good agent talent relationship? Uh, don't be a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> going to elaborate That's, on that or just? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, talent, uh, often talent start that way, you know, before they want to get repped. And so then, then they send us an email and then there's like 17 follow-up emails. Did yeah. you get this? Did you get that? It takes forever to, you know, we take on less than 1%, uh, way less than 1% of the folks that, uh, you know, submit to us, mm. uh, solicited or unsolicited. We just picked up somebody actually the other day, which is rare. And her email was like from a year ago. Right. Um, but we just got around to listening to it for like the 80th time and we like her and whatever. But if you've got an agent now, you know, be cool. Be sure that you're a, you're around enough uh, so that you're somewhat top of mind. If you haven't been auditioning for a while, kind of pop in, you know, maybe let them know about another project you've done. Certainly let them know if you're booking out uh, or, you know, you have a new demo. These are things that you want to be telling your agents anyway. But don't be one of those super high maintenance phone calls every day kind of thing. Um, right. The thinking is they want to remind their agent they're still alive. Uh, which is good, but they, you know, they're basically they're just reminding their agent what a friggin' pain they're. <laughs> Paul's still there, just in case. Yes, I'm still here. Yes, still am. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with er with Eric. Just said you have to make, and this this is the same with agents and clients as well. You have to make it really easy to work with you. You got to be dependable. So if the request comes, you know, the answer is going to be yes. Can you do this in an hour? Yes. Do you have ISDN? Yes. How can I pay you easily? Well, you know. The more yeses people hear, the more they like to work with you. And that's the trouble with people who try to do this on the side. They can't say yes. They're not dependable. Right. And it's like on camera work, they say you have to look like your headshot. So you got to sound like what your agent is selling. So you got to sound, you got to be able to deliver what your demo demonstrates. And that's one of the things right. when I sometimes hear those completely overproduced demos that people have spent a lot of money on and they sound phenomenal all the bells and whistles the studio has to offer they thrown at it and they sound incredible and then you hire them and they're not able to reproduce that because they're not in a million dollar right. studio they're in their own home studio and and one of the main reasons i think most auditions are rejected is not because they didn't like the voice but because the audio quality was just appalling so you got to be consistent right. you got to be able to deliver the goods make yourself available um, make it easy and fun to work with you. Right. We get a lot of folks, uh, even, you know, coaches uh, will contact us. Hey, you know, we're working with this person and you have to, you got to listen to this. I mean, they're amazing. You know, you want to mm. get in on the ground floor kind of thing. And our thinking is, so, no, man, I don't care if this is the most amazing voiceover talent I've ever heard. I've never heard a voice like this. I've never heard a delivery like this. When they get in the booth for the first time, uh, and they get some direction 
that's perhaps a little out of their wheelhouse. Right. Uh, it's terrifying. I mean, Paul, you, you remember, uh, Jamie, you remember, too, you know, those first times when you're working with, a, you know, a real director or a real yeah. hard director and you don't know what you're doing. Just it's not your fault. You're just green. You haven't gone through it. Yeah. Uh, you're in trouble, man. And you're going to be doubly in trouble if they say, oh, we want you to sound like, you know, the, the third spot on your demo. Uh, and like Paul says, it's, oh, gee, man, they lowered that and added compression and whatever. And, you know, right. I couldn't do that again in a million years. Wow, man. It, you know, it's going to be uh, awkward. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and also I'm thinking of other colleagues too, because some people have like a, a huge ego and it's completely made up and it's hot air and it's unjustified because they cannot deliver, but they find it so hard because every time that they get instructions, they think they're being critiqued and somebody doesn't like it. And, oh, dear, they're so super sensitive. You need to be so flexible. You need to go wherever the, 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 the director wants you to go and, and just have fun with it. That's the trouble of just getting started. You you don't know what people are going to throw at you. You haven't experienced that situation. Mm. At some point in your career, you'll reach that phase where you say, you know what, whatever they throw at me, I can handle it. It's going to be fine and it's going to be fun. Yep. Yeah. You do get those talent. Like nowadays, they're like, oh, these new producers and they're a young kid and I've done a million jobs like this and they don't know and I know and... You don't know squat, man. <laughs> You're the, you know, their name is at the top of the check. So however they want you to talk, <laughs> yeah. that's the right way to do it. You don't know the right way. The right way is for you to do what they want you to do. You're, a, you're a, you know, basically a tool uh, in their arsenal. You know, of course, put your own spin on it if you want to try another take or, uh, you know, maybe suggest one or two things. But otherwise... Uh, you know, dance monkey, you got to do, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they're paying you to do what they want you to do. It's their creative vision, uh, not yours. Well, that's perfect way to end it, I think, because that's very true. Um, so thank you both of you for coming on really wonderful chat. Um, let me remind everyone that Eric, you have this fantastic YouTube series called the outspoken where you talk to camera and just deliver truth after truth. How do, how do people find you? Uh, it's on YouTube, YouTube slash uh, The Outspoken. Otherwise, you could friend me on Facebook, and uh, I'm always putting up links there, or uh, find me through the Voiceover Agent Alliance, or um, find me just screaming on a street corner in LA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. And Paul, you've got, would it be fair to say, the most popular blog on the internet for Voiceover? <sighs> I don't know, because not everybody um, tells you how many subscribers they, they have, but I believe I have close to 39,000 subscribers, and, and that's, that's pretty, pretty good. unique. <laughs> yes, so if people want to find my blog, then they simply go to my website, which is nethervoice.com. Nether is the Netherlands, voice is in voice. Turn it into one word, nethervoice.com. Click on blog, and every week they'll get a new treat. Wonderful. Paul, Eric, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks. Well, there we are. A couple of guests who really tell it like it is, and I'm really thrilled that both of them could come on, um, Eric and Paul. Uh, they know what they're talking about, so I would really listen to them and take a lot out of their extensive experience. They've got 50 years of industry experience between them, so <laughs> they know what they're talking about. And I know some of that was probably a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of people, 
But as Eric said, it's better to know the truth and be a bit depressed than be taken advantage of. So thank you for listening. That's episode three of this series. Next episode, we are going to talk technology. I am a bit of a geek when it comes to audio tech, so I'm looking forward to this episode coming up specifically. Don't forget to connect with Eric and Paul from this episode on their social media and their educational outlets. Paul has a blog um, on Nether Voice and Eric has his The Outspoken video series, as they mentioned at the end of the interview there. They are wonderful resources for you to get the truth, albeit not overtly positive. (laughs) Okay, and on that note, I'll say goodbye. I'll speak to you next time. Thanks. Please like, share, subscribe and review the VO School podcast. Many thanks to this week's guests, Eric Shepard and Paul Strickvader. Thank you also to our sponsor, J. Michael Collins, and to Backstage Magazine. Join us next week for another class.